when the storms of life come, look at those in the face and say, I am well able to overcome. Instead of backing up and retreating and saying, oh no, I don't know what I'm going to do. No, you say, man, no. When the doctor gives you a bad report, you step up and you say, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me tell you what the word of God says. And I'm going to be well able to overcome it because by Jesus stripes, I am healed. Luke chapter 6, verse 43, it says, for a good tree, somebody say a good tree, does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree is known by its fruit. Somebody say, every tree is known by its fruit. Amen. And so it goes on to say this here. It says, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Somebody say that with me this morning. Say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then it keeps on going. Look at this. It says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Amen. You know, look at that there. Can you all put that on the screen? This is Luke chapter 6, verse 46. It says this, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you do not do the things I say? This is Jesus talking here. And he says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them. Somebody says, and does them. I will show him who he was like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat violently against, against the house, they could not shake it. For it was founded, somebody say founded, founded, on the rock. On the rock. Not just any rock, on the rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation. Against the stream and beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. And so Jesus is talking, he's got two um, schools of thought here, but you know, how many know Jesus isn't talking about a housing project? He's not talking about building a house. He's not talking about a construction worker. He's, he's talking about building a strong foundation for your life. Come on, somebody. And see, our foundation for our lives need to be founded in the word of God. Jesus is not, is not referring to how, tell you how to build a house, but he's revealing secrets that will make you successful in life. How many want to be successful in life? Well, look at what he said there. He said that if you would do my sayings, then you would be successful. Look at that again in verse 47. Go back there. He says, but why do you call me, verse 46 says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you do not do that things which I say? I want, if you think about it, if the disciples who were there and got to see Jesus in the flesh didn't even obey and listen to Jesus, then how many know we ought to more, we, now that we have the whole Bible all encompassing, we should be able to hear Jesus sayings and say, man, I'm going to do that. Amen. Amen. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he was like. He is like a tree. In other words, he says he is a prosperous. He is a successful. He is a healthy person. He is someone. And so this is what I would say is laying the foundation with the word. How many know Jesus is the word? Amen. The Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Come on. Amen. And so if we do the things that Jesus says, we will have a firm foundation laid on a rock. 
And when the streams of life beat up against our lives and issues and situations and storms come, how many know that Jesus in God is not the storm creator? He's not the one to bring the storm up. He's not the one to kind of, but how many know that when the storm does come, Jesus can stand up and in your life, you can say, peace, be still. He's given us the, the understanding and the teaching that, man, I can look at the word and I can stand firm on the foundations of God and say, man, you know what? I'm not going to settle for this. I'm not going to live this way. I'm going to walk in what God has for me. Amen. Amen. And so when the stream bit, beat against up the house, immediately it fell. There was another house that said when the streams beat against the house and it immediately fell. And the ruin of that house was great because it was built on the sand. It wasn't built on the foundation of the rock. And see, some have thought that this scripture may have meant one, um, uh, one of the men might have been saved and the other wasn't. But this morning, I want to talk about that possibly both men could have been saved. Both might have known the truth, but only one did what Jesus said to do. See, I've come to find out that it's interesting that sometimes you'll only find some that will do what Jesus said to do. But see, I don't know, I believe in this room that we've got a, a whole room full of people that are going to do what Jesus said to do. Amen. Amen. Doing the sayings of Jesus will transform your life. When the floods and the streams come against your life, you will remain immovable because you are founded on a rock. You know, I used this illustration the other day and I'll use it again, but how many have ever been to the beach and built a sandcastle? And how many of and I've spent hours uh, building a sandcastle, even with little Lexi, amen, and, and my daughter, and we'd be out there, and we'd be building a big sandcastle, and I would be determined that, you know what, I'm not going to let the waves come and knock down my sandcastle, and so I built up all these little walls, and I even got my, my skimboard and, and put it in front of it as a barrier to try to block, but how many know that when that tide starts to come up, no matter what I did, no matter how as hard I tried, and you know what, that the, the, the water came and it knocked down that sand. But because it wasn't founded on a rock, it was built on the sand. And see, God wants us to build our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. The floods could, uh, could, be, any, uh, could be any kind of problem. I don't know what you're going through today, but, you know, give you some examples. Sickness, disease, poverty, inflation, high prices, any other problem. That's what, that's, that's the wind and the way, that's the floods that are coming. But God gives us a promise that no weapon, somebody say no weapon, formed against me. Oh, don't, y'all don't say it like you believe it this morning. Come on, somebody say it like you believe it this morning. Say no weapon, formed against me, shall prosper. So you've got to determine that no weapon that's formed against you is going to prosper against you today, amen, that you're going to overcome even when it looks like you can't overcome, that a thousand may fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. You got to begin to walk in that and begin to declare what God said. That when the floods start rising up, you just get to your threshold of your house or to your street or to your or to your to your life, and you just look at it and you say, "No, you're not coming past this mark. No, you're not coming past that." And you have to determine that God, I'm going to live according to your sayings, not according to my feelings and what I think I ought to do. Amen. And so, what does God's word say? What does God's words say. When we're founded on the rock, then all of a sudden we begin to bear fruit. 
So let me just read this here, and this is found in Genesis, uh, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and I just want to read briefly what it says here. John chapter 15 and verse 1, and I'm going to read in the New Living Translation, but I want you to see this. He says, I am the true grapevine, and the Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message By the message, not by the sickness, not by the loss of a loved one, not by any other way. See, sometimes, see, we get mixed up because we go and we'll hear a message that God needed another flower in heaven and God needed another angel. God doesn't need any more angels. If God needed something, he just created. Amen. And so sometimes it might, you know, we just want to hear that because it makes us feel good. But, but you know, that we have to understand that the thief is the one. John 10.10 says the thief, the enemy is the one that came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. We've got to have an understanding that if it's good, it came from God. Everybody say, God, good. And if it's bad, it came from the devil. Somebody say, uh, devil, bad. If it's good, it came from God, and if it's bad, it came from the devil. It's that plain, that simple. There's no gray area. It's that easy. It's just that, that is the line in the sand that John 10.10, if you read that scripture and you look at that scripture, Jesus came to give us life more abundantly, but the thief came but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If something is destroying your life or killing something in your life or trying to steal something out of your life, it is not from God. It is from the devil. Amen? Amen. And so it goes on to say this. And so he says, uh, you remain in, verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. In other words, you've got to understand that you can't unattach yourself from the things of God and expect to be fruitful. See, I, I see some, I, I've seen people that, that they think that, that they want to go on Facebook and go all around and they want to prophesy over everybody and do this and do that, but they aren't connected to anybody. They aren't, they aren't grounded in a local church. They don't have a pastor. They don't have anybody over them. And so they're just going off, but they're severed from the vine. Because, see, if you're really going to live according to the Scripture, the Bible says this. It says that not forsaking the assembling of yourselves and so much more as you see the day approaching. I haven't seen anyone that has done anything significant for God that hasn't been connected to a local body and connected to what God's Word says. Because God's Word is true. Let every man be a liar. And so you can't sever yourself and disconnect yourself from the things of God, from the house of God, from the, from the place of worship, because in this house, this is where iron sharpens iron. This is where we're supposed to build each other up in love. Amen? And see, but we've got it misconstrued. We think that, oh, well, it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. No, it's about him. It's about him. Jesus must increase and I must decrease. Amen? And so look at this. It says this, remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is not, if it is severed from the vine, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And it goes on to talk about how the disciples are fruitful. You need to look at yourself, look at your life and say, God, am I being fruitful? God, am I connected to the vine? God, can I be more connected to the vine? 
Amen. That we need to have an understanding. How many have ever seen some grapes? How many have ever bought grapes from the store before? Anybody brought grapes from the store? Now, how many have ever had some of the grapes fall off in the bottom of the bag? All right. And what happens? They got unconnected. They got disconnected from the vine, right? Now, the vine has been severed, but they've learned that how it works is that, that as long as they're still connected on that, that, that bundle of grapes, that it'll still stay juicy, it'll still stay firm. But if they disconnect from the vine, then all of a sudden what happens? It becomes to shrivel up. It becomes to shrink. It becomes to get not as firm and not as juicy. Amen? Why? Because it's not connected to the vine. See, you've got to stay connected to the vine. And see, we can't get distracted. We can't allow the enemy to come and distract us and cause us. Because, you know, when you first pull a grape off the vine, how many know it still looks nice and, nice and green or nice and purple? It's still nice and firm. But after a couple of days, after a couple of weeks, after a couple of years, how many know that that thing is going to be all shriveled up into like a little raisin? God wants you to be full of the fruit of the Spirit. God wants you to have those. Amen. And that are found in Galatians chapter 5 talks about that the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, if you don't have self-control in your life, then you need to begin to ask God, say, God, I need to have help with self-control. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Amen. God, if you aren't, aren't faithful, then you need to ask God to help you with faithfulness, which is a fruit of the Spirit. If you need to have patience, how many know if you got kids in here, you need patience. Amen. Amen. Some of us need peace in our home. Some of us need goodness and, and gentleness and love and joy. How many know your house ought to be filled with joy? Amen. Your life ought to be filled with joy. And so you got to ask God and say, God, I want to begin to produce this fruit. But the only way you can produce the fruit of the Spirit is by being connected to the vine, being connected to Jesus. Somebody say connected to Jesus. And see, once you became saved, once you become one with Christ, you begin to bear fruit. And God tells us that every joint supplieth. Amen? See, once you get connected, then all of a sudden you should begin to produce fruit. You should see that your life is a little different now that you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior than you were before Jesus was your Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. But you need to ask and say, what type of fruit should I bear? What type of fruit am I bearing in my life? How am I supplying the kingdom of God? How am I doing that? Because, see, when you sever yourself and you disconnect from the vine, then all of a sudden then your joint isn't supplying. If I took, if I cut my pinky off or if I cut my pinky toe, how many think, how many ever, you know, thought about your pinky toe and thought, man, you know, it's just not that significant. Maybe I want to just cut my pinky toe off. I don't like the way it looks. I'm just going to cut it off. How many know if you did that, you'd find out how important your pinky toe was because it would be hard to walk without your pinky toe. You don't realize it at the moment because now it's attached to you and you don't realize how hard it would be to walk without your pinky toe. But if you severed that off and see, don't do that in the kingdom of God. You know what? It doesn't matter what your position or what your function may be in the house of God. God, your value is the same in God's eyes and everyone's value is the same. But your function or your or your or, or the thing that you do in the house of God may be different. Some, come on, somebody. Amen. And so don't hold it lightly. Think about how great God has blessed you so you would have the ability to do what you do. Amen. And so um, go with me quickly, talking about fruit, to um, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. And I want you to kind of have an understanding of the fruit on the vine and that we ought to bear fruit, that if we do the sayings of Jesus, 
that we would be successful in life. That's what Jesus is telling us, that when the storms and floods come, that it wouldn't be able to destroy our lives and destroy our houses. That's why, you know, the Bible talks about that, that you can have a peace that comes beyond understanding. That when you have the loss of a loved one, yes, you will grieve. Yes, you will have things that will happen. Yes, it will be, you'll have to overcome some stuff. But, but you know what? You can have an internal peace that no matter what, man, you know what? God is good and God is for me. And no matter what the enemy has done, I'm going to get through this. Amen. And see, you can live that way. Amen. And so I want you to have an understanding that, that the Old Testament, we're, we're New Testament Christians. We don't live in the Old Testament. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Just somebody shout that out this morning. Say, I've been redeemed. Shout like you mean it. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law because of Jesus. Amen. And so we're New Testament Christians. We're New Testament believers. But it's good to look back at the Old Testament and, and, and kind of have an understanding because there's teaching in the Old Testament that can help show us things that we don't have to live the way that they lived in the Old Testament. Amen. Amen. And so it's given for us for example and for instruction and for a teaching. And so look at this in Numbers 13. Um, the, the, the Old Testament was types and shadows. It was, uh, it was, and it represented things to come. And so look at this in verse 23. And they came to the valley of a skull where they cut down a branch of one cluster of grapes and they carried it between two of them on a pole and they brought forth some pomegranates and figs. I'm talking about like this bundle of grapes was so big that it would be like if me and brother Joel got together and we had this big pole and we had to put it on a pole and hold it on our shoulder to carry the grapes just to show you the grapes that God has for you, the blessings that God has for you. And so the verse 24, the place called the Valley of a Skull because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there and they returned from spying the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word. Somebody say they brought back word. Circle that. Every day in your life, you're bringing back word. When you get home from work and your, and your loved one says, how was work today? Or your kids say, how was school today? You're bringing back word. You're either declaring it was a good day or you're declaring it was a bad day. When you wake up in the morning... You're either declaring it's, a good, it's going to be good or it's going to be bad. Amen. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I read that earlier. Amen. Look at this. It goes on to say this. He says, uh, brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Okay, look at this in verse 27, 28. Look, first of all, verse 27, they were talking about, man, the land where you sent us, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. It's so much smoke. They're carrying the grapes between two men on their back. This is the fruit. This is the promised land. This is what I'm wanting to give you. This is what I want you to have. This is how I want you to live. But then look at what they said in verse 28. They said, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And so all of a sudden, verse 29, they keep on going and saying the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell in the sea along the banks of the Jordan. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. Somebody say, take possession. 
and take possession, for we are well able, somebody say well able, to overcome it. See, I'm telling you that sometimes when the storms of life, when, when the issues of life come, you need to look at those in the face and say, I am well able to overcome. Instead of backing up and retreating and saying, oh, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, no, I don't know what. No, you say, man, no. When the doctor gives you a bad report, you step up and you say, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me tell you what the word of God says. I'm going to come and I'm going to face it. And I'm going to be well able to overcome it because by Jesus stripes, I am healed. And if I am healed, that means if I was healed, that means I am healed. Amen. That Jesus bore my, uh, my, my infirmities and, and took my sicknesses so that I don't have to be sick. Amen. And so he said this, he quieted the people and said, let us go up at once for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land which we have gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, not in their sight, in our own sight. See, sometimes you don't have you need to get a visual of what how God sees you instead of looking at how you see yourself. See, they said that we see we look as grasshoppers in our own sight. The truth of the matter is, is that those Amorites and Canaanites and all them, they had heard about what God did for the children of Israel back in Egypt, and they were actually scared and worried that when the children of Israel got there, they were basically going to back up and say, here, you can just have it. But see, it says that they were as grasshoppers in their own sight. See, I want to encourage you that the Old Testament, again, like I said, is like types and shadows. And see, all scripture is given for instruction. And so look at this. Canaan's land isn't, uh, and so this, this land right here where the Canaanites were and where all this, where the milk, where the, where the, the milk and honey flow and where the, the fruit is so producing and so abundant, that is what we would call Canaan's land or the promised land. Everybody say the promised land. And so that promised land is, is we, many times we think of it and think, oh, man, that's heaven. That's just talking about heaven. And that's a type of heaven. But uh, I beg to differ today that the Canaan's land is not a type of heaven, but is a type of the Holy Ghost. It is a type of healing. It is a type of prosperity. It is a type of heaven on earth. Somebody say heaven, heaven. on earth. Why do I say that? How do I know that? Because when you get to heaven, there's not going to be any battles to fight. When you get to heaven, there's not going to be any sickness to overcome. When you get to heaven, there's not going to be any poverty. When you get to heaven, there's not going to be any Canaanites or any Amorites or any or any other ites that are going to be there that are going to hinder you from receiving what God has because you'll be in the presence of Almighty God. So this is a representation of how you can live on the earth. How you can live heaven on earth today. Today, the promised land is heaven on earth. And see, I hear people say, some people will say it this way. They'll say, well, if it's the Lord's will, he'll heal me. Sometimes we get caught up and we think, well, if God really wanted to do it, he would do it. Now, I believe in divine sovereignty of God. I do believe that if God wanted to open up the windows of heaven and show himself right now, he, would, he could do it. He's a sovereign being and he could do that. I believe in that. 
But I'm telling you, you can live by faith. You can live in the promised land. You can possess the healing. You can possess the prosperity. You can possess the blessing that God has for you in your house and in your life today. And you don't have to wait. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry. God says you can receive it today by faith. And see, when you possess the land, you can produce the fruit that God intended on you to have because you are connected to the vine. See, I'm here to tell you today, stop spying out the land. See, this is what I see happen sometimes is sometimes Christians and believers will come to church and they'll come only on Sunday morning and they come to show up and they come to spy out the land. They come to look and they, oh yeah, I like that grape over there. Oh yeah, I like that pomegranate over there. Oh yeah, I'd really like to have some healing. Yeah, I really need some healing. Yeah, and then they come over and then, and then you don't see them. They just came and they spied out the land. They didn't actually get connected to the vine. They didn't actually walk into the promised land and get connected to the rock that Jesus Christ is. See, I'm telling you today, it's time to step up and connect yourself and stop spying out the land and saying, man, where is it that God, no, God wants you to get connected. He wants you to get planted in the house so that all of a sudden you can begin to produce fruit and the fruit that you produce, it will help bless you and it'll help bless others, someone, somebody. See, God wants you to be connected to the vine. Stop spying out the land, the promised land, by coming to church and not connecting yourself. The thing and connecting yourself to the things of God. When you do the sayings of Jesus, when you do what Jesus said to do, when you connect to the vine and you get serious about the things of God, I promise you that God's word will not return void and God will cause you to be, Jesus said this, that you will be successful that when the, when the storms rise up, when the winds blow, you won't fall. Your house won't, run, won't fall to ruin because you are founded on the rock who is Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen? How many received that today? It's time to get connected to the vine. It's time to get serious about the things of God. That's why it's so important that you get connected because as you get connected, as you get serious, see, it's time if you haven't received uh, the Holy Ghost, then you need to be seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you're seeking healing or, or whatever it is, your, whatever kind of blessing you're believing for, begin to stir your faith and begin to believe God for it today. Amen? How many believe that's right today? Amen? Let's bow our heads before we go. Father, I thank you today.